Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to episode 99 of Getting It Out Podcast. That was Mantlet from Coventry, UK. Uh, they sent in their tracks uh, to gettingitoutpodcast at gmail.com and asked if I'd check it out. And of course, I did so gladly and uh, I'm happy to feature that song, Solidarity, off of their uh, recently re- released EP. What was that EP called? I think it was called Burning. Burning, yeah, came out uh, not too long ago, October 19th, so go check it out. I believe it's available most places. If you're having a hard time finding them, make sure you you add a CVHC to the end of their name. That's Mantlet CVHC. I'm probably saying Mantlet wrong, but you know, I, I mispronounce things. Um, so this episode of the podcast, episode 99, features Critter from Detroit's Anti-Up. They're a hardcore band. 
Uh, they're putting out a record on Upstate Records coming out today, uh, December 13th. That's the earliest you can hear this, so it's out now wherever you wherever you want to find it. I'm sure you can find it. Go to Upstate Records. Uh, I think it's UpstateRecordsNY.com. And uh, pick up pick up the vinyl, pick up the CD, pick up some merch. Check out Annie Up. If you if you if you waiting to hear some songs, you know I'm going to play them. If you're waiting to hear a decent conversation, we'll say a good conversation. I'm going to have that here for you too. Uh, known Critter for a little while and was happy to talk to him about his band and their new record. So, without further ado, let's just get into all that. Dark satellite media. You know, when I started doing a podcast. I thought I found my calling, but there's something more, there's a little something more I think I can reach into. I got a little more in me, I need to get it out. Just like the podcast, it's Getting It Out rap song from the Getting It Out podcast, and it feels powerful. I think you feel it too. I think you feel it too, but there's certain things that need to be said, because I was thinking about it a lot lately. What exactly was I was thinking about? I'll have to break it down here. Just a little bit for you. I was sitting at home trying to relax when I realized a podcast needs a rap. It sound way better with Nate Dog back, but I gotta spit quick on these Amish cats. Well, big horse of shit on rumble strips. Zeb sits back with a hundred kids, but I know how shallow that gene pool is. So what did he do with his cripple kin? How do you tell the time at night when the sun don't shine on the dial bright? While Von Scott lives the hard rock life, singing on the streets underneath the lights. I got grocery lists of shit I don't like. Gonna run them by old Mike on ice and like cops step a day with the butt drug tips. This podcast will flip your lids. So that's what I sing about on the song for the podcast. It's getting it So here we are. It's episode 99. 99. Not quite 100, but about as close as you can get, right? A lot's changed since episode one, and uh, I think all of it for the better. So I'm glad to report that. Uh, do you guys know how bad the 76ers were when I started this podcast? All right, they weren't terrible, but they weren't great either. Now they're great, okay? My wife took me to to see them play the Raptors um, over the weekend. Okay, they're not great. They're, they're good. Sometimes they look pretty great, and uh, it gets me excited. And I'm excited to watch them always but but it was cool to be there at the game i think it's easy to like almost any sport uh sporting event even if you're not into the sport just being there in the atmosphere and enjoying the event but maybe that's just the just the jock in me and i've been a, i've been a jock my whole life i've always liked sports and uh but you know what i never liked when i was a kid i never liked other people's grandmothers which is a weird thing i went to see my grandmother over the weekend she's she's, she's pretty old now so it was nice to see her. Uh, she's in her 90s. So, you know, you got, you got to go see grandma when you can. And uh, it made me think of other people's grandmas. Not other people's grandmas now. Other people's grandmas now I respect. And, uh, you know, I don't mind being in their presence. But when you're a kid and you got to be around someone else's grandma, that's a problem. That's weird. That's super awkward. They smell so different than your grandma. And uh, it's, it, it makes me uncomfortable. It makes me uncomfortable thinking about being in the presence of other people's grandmothers as a child. 
I wonder if people are going to feel like that. I wonder if my kids are going to feel like that when when they're around other people's grand, grandparents. And I wonder if their friends are going to feel like that when they're around my mom, their grandma. They're going to be like, that grandma's strange. And she's probably really mean to other people. That's that's the funny thing about people in your family. People in your family probably seem like, like assholes to other people, to like common people. I bet. I bet. I can see why someone might think my mom's a jerk. I mean, I like her. But I, I can definitely, <laughs> I can definitely understand how somebody could be around my mother and be like, yeah, she's not, a, she's not a very nice person. But she is, I swear, I promise, she's very nice. She will knit you anything, anything you want. Uh, you know who else makes, who makes things you can wear is uh, Critter from Annie Up. Uh, he's, he's my guest on, on the podcast this week. I mentioned that earlier. We're mentioning it again now because we're going to go into the interview now. You see how this works? First, I'm going to play you a track off of their new record, Time. The song is called Pain. And uh, and uh, let's just let's just do that right now, and then uh, you can you know do what we do on here. Don't take pills to live, but I say no. 
man. How's it going? What's up, man? How you doing? Oh, not bad. Not bad. Good. How have you been? I've been very good. Very good. Very busy. Yeah, it's been, been, been a minute since I think we ran into each other. Yeah, I think that's, that's I mean, you're, you're in Pennsylvania, so it seems like somewhat often. I, I'm, <laughs> yeah, pr- I was just there uh, this past weekend. <laughs> yeah, and, and you, you make it out around more people than I do. I'm pretty, I'm pretty much uh, a homebody at this point, but I get out there every now and then. I hear you. I actually, as the older I get, I'm normally at home more often. I get it, especially being a dad now. But uh, my wife's obviously from Central PA, so we we go out there quite a bit. Probably yeah. family out there. Probably we go see them like maybe five times a year, and then obviously random shows and stuff that I come out to PA for, like tsunami and things like that. Right. What well, you 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 have a what do you you got a you have a son or a daughter. I have a son. Son, and he's still pretty young, right? Yep, just turned one. Birthday is on uh, October thirtieth. Wow, that's awesome. I and I know, like, I, I've talked about this with a lot of guys, like you know, like came up with, and like you know, you hear like, and I know this start this off kind of corny, but like you hear all the the, uh, the the cliche shit about being a dad, and then you actually get to do it, and you're like, ah, oh, that's that's mostly real, you know. <laughs> Oh, yeah, for sure. Like, I mean, I didn't really know what to expect too much. Um, all I know is, like, probably the opposite of most. But when I found out I was going to be that, I was, like, super stoked. Like, I didn't even get, like, worried or nothing. Like, I was amped. Like, the minute I found out, like, I was so pumped. And, uh, you know, counting down the days. And then, you know, when it finally happened, it was just, like, the coolest thing in the world. And it's been the same ever since. Good, good, and I think I think the, the what's been a surprise. Me and Ziggy were actually talking about this recently. Is that what's kind of been a surprise is that uh, that's that's usually been the case with people that we know. Like where you, you know they might some of our friends might not be the <laughs> the most decent people, you know, all the time. But then when it comes time to being being a parent, it seems like most people have been able to turn it on and really take responsibility and, and enjoy it and do what's right. I can I can one hundred percent agree with that. I mean, even my my best friend Matt Kane, who also plays uh, guitar in Annie Up, yeah, he became dad. Uh, what is it? Maybe two months ago. Um, and you know, if anyone knows Matt, Matt's a wild man. I mean, he's yeah. been, he's been a bad man since I met him, but now like just watching him as a dad, like he totally found his his place. Like he's just so happy, so stoked, and, and he's just such a good dad. So. It, it definitely holds true to what you and Zig were talking about, how you could take like the craziest dude in the world and once they become a dad it just changes the whole you know, changes the whole game on him. It does. It's I think it's very cool for for someone like myself who didn't very much have like a uh, a really qual. Uh, my dad kind of sucked, you know. <laughs> like I barely saw him. So right, right, so right. it's so to you know, to see a lot of people come from that same kind of background and and not be that kind of break that cycle, I think is is awesome. Oh, for sure. Yeah, it's, I mean, I've had a lot of friends probably, I mean, even in the past year, become dads, and then I haven't seen one of them that isn't just beyond pumped. So it's definitely a good thing. Hell yeah. Well, hey, that's not that's not the only thing that we're supposed to be talking about tonight. We're supposed to be talking about... <laughs> it's okay, uh, and that's okay, though. It's a big thing. <laughs> oh, I know. You know. I know I know how to do it by now. Oh, well, but... it, it actually, to be honest, I mean, that's kind of how the whole title of the CD came about, to yeah. be dead honest. 
Well, let's yeah. let's let's um, let's make it let's make it clear so everybody listening can understand what we're talking about. We're talking about your band, Annie Up, and your name. The way I know you, the only name I know you by is Critter. Yep, uh, that, yeah. that's how it's always been. I mean, uh, it's been that since about seventh or eighth grade. I mean, there's there's people that are d- legitimately good friends of mine that do not know my real name. <laughs> so it's, I've always kind of kept it like that and leave a little mystery. But uh, it's always just a critter or crit. Like, I mean, even at work, every everywhere I go, that's it. Well, I like it. It's, it's it's very very much your own. And but you, I I met you. Would say I'd say I wouldn't say we're old friends. I say we're old acquaintances. We've we've known each other through each, through other people, right? For for quite a while. Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Definitely, when we see each other, we hash it up too. For sure. Right, right, and, and uh, mutual friends. Yes, 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 and and <laughs> the thing, as far as I know, the whole time that I've known you, I think you've been doing Annie Up. How long has Annie Up existed? So Annie Up actually officially started around July two thousand five. <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> a long time. Quite a long time. Um, had a lot of member changes. Uh, Matt Kane and myself are the only originals that are in it. Yeah. Um, so we've been doing it ever since. We we kind of had a small hiatus around like 2009, uh, early 2010, and we had a close friend of ours pass away. Uh, he played in a band called Strength and Honor. His name was Corey. Um, so everyone was kind of like, oh, you know, let's let's do a benefit show, and we were trying to think of bands, and then we were like, well, hell, why don't we, you know, let's let's start any up for you know, set and see if anyone gives a shit you know and yeah. the plate there's probably about 400 people that came out to the benefit thought it was hard kids, you know from all over the state you know michigan ohio indiana i mean people came from all over and uh we kind of like we played the set and went off so well we were kind of like well, why don't we you know take another crack at this and see see what could happen and i, and I truly believe that's kind of when it got a lot more serious for the band yeah. When we kind of started uh, really, you know, really paying attention to what we were writing and what we were trying to do, and you know, what the focus was of the band, you know, where before we were just kind of young and all our friends would come to shows and just get wild and start, you know, crazy, you know, brawls or, you know, everyone would mosh and sing, you know, chairs and tables get thrown, you know, kind of like every younger hardcore band starts right. off. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, um, you know, and I. And, and so after that, you know, we just started buckling down and writing and came out with a few releases and we're still trucking and, you know, and we're nowhere near calling it quits. I mean, we got a lot of big plans, so. Well, as far as I know, you guys were the only band to ever successfully, and maybe maybe successfully is the wrong word, you correct me if I'm wrong, um, but release something on what I believe was called Party Foul Records. Oh, God, yeah. 100 100- <laughs> So that that's an awesome story, actually. Uh, I am, which I don't remember exactly how we met him. I want to say we met him maybe at literally a tsunami fest. Yeah. Um, and he kind of just started hitting us up on the internet. He was talking to me and Matt. And he said he was putting a, a label together, and Matt Kane actually made uh, his logo. So it's kind of like we were there in the very beginning, and like he he really dug the band, and he wanted us to be the first one, and um, he. Uh, he pushed out some a couple songs and he really hooked us up with uh some merch like he made um i don't know i want to say this will go in back a ways but maybe like 35 hoodies 40 hoodies maybe like the same amount of t-shirts and tank tops and just gave them to us 
Wow, that's a good like, hookup. That's worth it right there. Yeah, he he <laughs> he, he he posted a bunch online and he, he sold a bunch online and um he also did some like super limited vinyls. We never had vinyl, like that was like the big deal that we're you know, we'll talk about a little bit with upstate, but like we never had vinyl or nothing like that. And he was like, Yo, let me press some of your songs on a vinyl. So we did a couple limited edition um Kenny Powers vinyls. There's maybe yeah. like ten of them. And then there was like twenty five or thirty of them with uh Charles Manson on it. And I mean this guy like hooked us up and I, and and as far as I know, like that was it. We were the only band that was ever on it. And then it just kind of disappear <laughs> he, he that guy i mean i think everybody knows he's he's got a, he's a character himself but uh he he was pushing at us my old band pleasant living to release our full length when we we recorded we never released it but that that was going to be who was going to put it out and then nothing ever nothing ever came of it this is why i thought it was funny when i look back now and see that he actually did release something for you guys yeah, like like I said, it was literally like the most random thing. Like obviously, like he like normally a label is already established and everything, and then they hit up bands. But like this label was like, "Yo, you want to help me start it?" And then like pushed us our pushed our stuff out, and then we never heard again. And I was like, it was me and Matt will still kind of talk about that and go, "How the hell did that even happen?" <laughs> <laughs> It's funny though, but at least at least it worked out. You know, I, I, I have a, a funny a similar one with that where. We, when we did our first our, our only demo there was a guy who reached out to me i forget oh i forget how he found me but he, he sent, sent a message uh through something it was like i want to release this on cassette and you know i was like well, what's the deal he's like oh, i'll just i'll just release it and send you half and i'll keep half and i was like all right that you know that's fine so the guy did it and as far as i think it was called never give in or never give up records you know something pretty generic and uh he did that and then that was really it. Never heard of never heard of the label. Never heard of heard from him. But now he's like this huge. Uh, he he goes up. He's like this huge electronic music slash black metal guy. He goes on tour with like all these black metal bands. His name's calls himself Ghost. It's, it's I don't know. It's just a weird like another weird situation where a guy who started up a label and then ironically enough ghosted on it and <laughs> with, with different results, but. So I've been there. That just becomes his name. But I think yeah. to me, like, that's the kind of shit that, like, was the coolest stuff about music is, like, random stories that pop up like that are, like, you know, stuff like that just that happens and you don't even know what's going on. Like, you meet people from all over the world, you meet people everywhere, and just random things like that happen. It's just kind of funny how it works. Yeah, yeah. Well, speaking of, how did you... Uh, what, what, yeah, we'll go to that. How did you make this connection with uh, with Pennsylvania? Because, I mean, I think I know the story, but I'd like to... You have been coming here for years, and that's that's how I know you. Yeah, I, it, I've actually been mistaken, actually, that I live there. Yeah. I don't know how, <laughs> how many accounts. Like, people, like, legitimately, yeah, you're from, like, uh, like Altoona or something, aren't you? And I'm like, no, 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 no. People thought I was from Clearfield, like, all over, but I wasn't. Yeah. Um, so actually, right when Annie Up started, um, years and years and years ago, Two awesome bands coming from out your way, known as Barricade and the Red Tops. Yep. Came and played played a small we had a venue up in Port Huron, Michigan. We used to do all our shows there. That's where everything started for us, you know, for sure me and in hardcore, you know, it was like this little VFW, like Mayans Hall type thing, real tiny. Um, you know, probably 
three quarters of the size of the side room at Reverb to kind of give you an instance, you know, no stage, no nothing. Yeah. And uh, no one knew Barricade or nothing. Matt Kane used to book shows all the time, and someone hit someone up that needed a show, and here they showed up, you know. And uh, the first person I met out of that whole bunch was John Barlow, which is obviously a legend in itself. Yeah, yeah. And uh, he was looking for any straight-edge person to drive him to the beer store, which ended up <laughs> being me. <laughs> so... So I ended up driving him, you know, and uh, we ended up having, like, a wild-ass night. Like, a big-ass fucking fight happened, go figure, um, at a show. Um, some people were starting shit outside, and then the whole place ran out. And it, it was all over the street. Cops were all over, and, like, I just remember, like, digging them, standing around, like, because they were playing. And everyone just ran out of the venue, and they were just, like, literally everyone was gone except their band. <laughs> and they were just like, what the fuck? So, like... You know, we're all doing whatever, and, like, we're coming back, and there's cops everywhere. It ended up being the front page of the newspaper. And, like, Ziggy and I'm like, what, you know, what the hell is going on? So, like, well, we were also the people that were putting them up. So we were like, oh, you're going to come stay with us. So, like, you know, we all went we all went uh, to the boardwalk under the Blue Bridge, which is, like, crazy-ass, like, current water. Like, it, it, it's not really a good spot to swim, and... There was like 40 of us. We all went fucking swimming and we partied till like probably seven, eight in the morning. And, you know, for some reason, me and Ziggy and me and John and me and Tony Tops all exchanged numbers and stayed in touch. Yeah. And so like from that day forward, you know, I'd hit them up. They hit me up, you know, and sooner or later, you know, Barricade would come through, Red Tops come through, Animal House, you know, once that started up, they were coming through. So it just became a real tight-knit thing. And uh, me and Ziggy became, you know, best friends over the years. And I was real close with John, you know, as well, obviously. And he passed, rest in peace to him, you know. Yeah. Uh, so I had that bond with Ziggy, and, and Ziggy really started pushing Annie out. Like I said, when we came back after Corey passed, um, and he was like, yo, you know, why don't you come out here and start playing some shows with us? And we're like, okay, you know, we – uh you know, our first show, like, out that way, which wasn't even Pennsylvania, we played Wheeling, West Virginia at uh, Yesterday's. Yeah. Um, we played that with uh, Barricade and Drain the Sorrow. Drain the Sorrow was from, like, Altoona. Mm-hmm. And then we played Eldos, which was in Altoona, Pennsylvania, and that kind of, like, started it off. I mean, that was, you know, we met a lot of people, and then it just went from there, you know. Well, what what era? When did when did Annie Up um, start really putting out records? I know there was a there was a there was one on um, filled with hate. What was that called? See you in hell. Yes, that was that was seen. So right before that, we had a thing called Prelude to Hell, and uh, that got that got put out as well with uh, filled with hate. It was kind of like uh, I think it was like two or three songs to be honest. Um, some, one of them was on. See you in hell was what was that was the first full length we ever did, um, and that I think technically was released. Uh, you might be, I think it was 2015, if I'm not mistaken. And uh, that, like, during those years, though, we were definitely pushing. So, like, 2012 to you know 15, we were really starting to hammer shows and play a lot. Like, we had a lot of songs. You know, just no lie, we were just big procrastinators. You know, with recording, <laughs> you know, we were just playing shows and you know and then we're like oh yeah we should probably record this so maybe someone could learn some of our words 
<laughs> and uh, so we ended up recording um, that whole album with uh, Matt Carricus. He sings in uh, Citizen, who actually ends up, you know, he ended up doing the vocals for every record I've done. Um, yeah. We put that out in 2015 and uh, played, you know, played a lot of shows on that stuff. It seemed to go over pretty well. And then after that came Needles to Nails. So that was out on Fast Break Records, which again, Pennsylvania. Yeah. And it keeps going back back there. <laughs> <laughs> and then obviously the current release, which we went with uh, Upstate. Which, who, who's been putting out every, everything lately. It's been like a theme here lately. I feel like uh, every other week I got a, I got somebody new from Upstate. Upstate on. But the funny thing yeah. is is that it's not, it's never a new band. This is a, this is a compliment. It's always... It's always a band, a well-established. Well, it's all, somehow I always know the people in these bands. Like I know, I feel like I know everybody on the Upstate Records roster, despite wherever they're from. But it's but everything's been solid. It's been good. This time I've been listening to now for a few days, a couple of weeks actually. Mario might have sent it to me a little while ago, and uh, and I, I'm impressed do you, with it. Do you it. have the whole? Do you have the whole CD? I do. Yeah, I have it all. Oh, you do. Oh, I didn't know that. Well, now, not, now I'm kind of excited to hear what you think. Well, I do. Well, I mean, honestly, I think it's way. I, I mean, this is a very good way. Not no diss on your older shit, but I think it's way better than anything you've done before. I think it sounds. It sounds like uh, might be a dumb uh, descriptor, but it's it's beefier. It sounds thicker. The I don't know. It just sounds like there's a lot more balls on this. It sounds less uh, less formulaic. Less. Uh, I don't know. It just sounds. It sounds like it's more of your your own sound, and I, I think it's so far so good. And, and that's kind of and that that like is really awesome to hear. And and the whole thing is like with with Annie up too. Like you're saying, like our own sound. Like one thing I think people like do a lot these days, especially you know a lot of the bands that are popping up. It just seems like people are trying to write music to sound like someone else or be you know. Uh, you know, jock people stuff, which I mean, nothing's going to be too original these days because, you know, everything's been done, but it just seems like a lot of people try to create something because they want to get, you know, a lot of sales and merch or they want to be the next popular band where like Annie Up, like we've been the same people since 05. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? Like we, we play beat down mosh hardcore. You know what I mean? Like that's what we grew up on. That's what we loved. And we never tried to stray away from that. You know, yeah, we, Try to, you know, update the sounds a little bit. You know, obviously with the new scene, like you're saying, it's a lot different. Like our old drummer, who is actually now our guitarist, Rich, um, he brings a whole new dynamic to the band because he's very, he has a huge background with metal, which yeah. you can obviously yeah. Yeah, definitely hear, hear that. Some yeah. guitar parts. And um, he, he's brought a big dynamic, but at the same time, even though we're, you're, you're seeing like more of an updated sound there, I still feel that, you know, we're still holding true to kind of what we've always been, you know, still with the heavy mosh parts and, you know, the heavy, you know, fast parts and things like that. So, you know, I'm glad to hear that you dig it. I, I didn't know you had the whole CD, so that's awesome. I, I, you know, no one, you know, a couple of our friends up here has heard it, you know. And of course, they're going to tell us, yeah, we love it, you know, but I, I feel that you're going to be honest with me, so I'm glad to hear that. Yeah, no, for sure. And, and like, the, I think it's, uh, I think, like, before where... Um, any up like you kind of I, I it was kind of obvious what you were going for and again I don't mean that as a shot I just mean like it was like you knew what you were going to hear where now and especially in in 
in your vocals alone, it's, you you sound different. You sound better. Like the whole thing just sounds. I don't know. It's just, it just sounds like you know what you're doing. You sound like you've been a band for 15 years. You know. Right. Yeah, and, and, and I'm not taking it a shot at all. Like, like I said, I mean, you know, our, our stuff was very simple in the beginning. I mean, that's what we were just trying to play, you know, just stuff to have fun and, you know, be a band rather. And, and and now, like, you know, I in my opinion, and I was talking to someone else about this the other day, like, Annie Up to Me is kind of like a, a book, you know, and, and each release is kind of like a new chapter in a sense where, like, the band is evolving and the focus is different each time. Like, you'll even see that in the lyrics. Um, you know, there were different chapters, obviously, where I was mentally and, and where I was at in my life, you know, and kind of where we were getting back, you know, with the title being Time, which obviously stands for Time is My Enemy. Like, that whole thing came from, you know, when I became a father. Yeah. You know, that, that changes everything, right? It's not just becoming a father, but it's just, you know, you start getting older, right? So you start, you know, realizing where when you were young, you were taking things for granted, like, time itself like tomorrow is always going to be there which in all reality it's not you know you get older you start seeing loved ones pass away you know people you know in the hardcore scene passing away like there's just people dying and, and things like that happening and, and you start remembering this stuff and, and now you start thinking like wow you know everything i'm doing i, I better make sure it's counting you know what i'm saying and, yeah. and that's kind of the whole aspect of it you know is I think a lot of people still live. I mean, it's okay to obviously be kind of a carefree type person, but in the end, like you still got to remember, like you don't know when your time is here, and that that's just the reality of life, you know. And that's where this CD came in. Being a father and stuff, like you know, I feel there can't be enough time to spend with my family, you know, my wife and my son. So that's where kind of that whole drive came from for the title. Yeah, and is that is the you know what the one thing I don't I don't think I have on this is the um the the names of the songs. Oh, you don't? I think hold on, let me check this. Yeah, um because oh no, I got them here. Sorry. I was going to say yeah, the the first track thing. Yeah, yeah, so so track 3, Time is I mean, how did you how did you decide, like, all right, I guess this is a question now, for, like, for, I could ask almost anybody when they name a track on their album, like, the album name, too. Like, is that, does that mean, like, that this song says, is this song is the most meaningful to you? This song says the things that you wanted to say, or is this just, this works best? Um, trying to make sure I answer your question correctly. So, um, we, for just the titles in itself, I wanted to do one word, uh, one, one word titles for each track. Okay. Um, but I like the whole message, you know, using, you know, having it being time and then obviously having it meaning time is my enemy kind of, so it's one word, but it stands for more obviously. But, you know, if, I don't know if you read the lyrics or anything, but like, to me, like that was as bold of a statement as I could get out within that two and a half minutes or however long that song is. You know what I mean? Like, to me, that's what the whole essence of it is about. You yeah. Know? So that, I to me, my favorite song on the CD is, is Eternal, personally. Uh, which kind of, like I said, each song has a lot of weight behind it. Another thing, too, like, and I'm not 
tooting my horn, and I know a lot of people also are big lyricists in the sense, but everything that I write, like, it's not like I just, you know, oh, this word rhymes, and we'll just do that, you know, because a lot of bands, to me, like, I don't think, you know, always their songs really hold as much value as they should. Yes, you know, I agree me, if completely. You're, if, you're, if, you're, if you're recording something, you're putting it out to the world, like, to me, it should be real. Yeah. You know, it shouldn't shouldn't be just something that you think, oh, that sounded cool or whatever. So, like, each one of these songs is very in-depth. I mean, every song I've ever written came from real live stuff. It wasn't like I was writing about things I didn't know or anything like that. I mean, even the, the song Pain is about watching a loved one, you know, die from cancer or illness that, you know, you can't control. You're standing there with them, but you can't do anything to help them, right. you know. And, you know, that's, you know, I, that's been a lot around us lately. I've had a lot of friends be diagnosed, family members, pass away, all types of stuff. So, you know, these, these things are coming from real life issues, you know. Yeah, and I think, I mean, going off what you're saying, too, with the with the how I, the time basically isn't eternal and, uh, you know, it, it can be running out. Yeah, and just the, I don't know, the fucking feeling like when I remember – the first time, I remember I was 18 years old, just graduated high school, and one of my friends hung himself. And that, to me, was like, a, wow, that can happen sometimes. Like, that can happen sometimes. But now, like, as you get older, you know, obviously, and it makes sense, but it, it just has things like that. Not necessarily that exactly, but things, you know, people just start dropping. And, it's, and, it's, oh, yeah. and it starts to feel more urgent. And then, you know, you get this feeling of do. I don't know. I, I I need to put my foot on the pedal, but do I want to spend that whole time, you know, with my foot on the pedal, you know, like you know, trying to get things done and make an impact rather than enjoying it? And I don't. So it's a it's an interesting concept, and I I understand. I think I understand. At least that's the way I interpret it. The time is my enemy uh, thing you're saying here, but yeah, and and, that, and that's exactly it. You know what I mean? Like to me, like I think a lot of people do things you know really wasteful that really don't matter in the big scheme of things you know what i mean like you know like me being straight up obviously i guess you know my views would be a little bit different than most but you know like there's people that go out and party non-stop and do all these crazy things and you know which isn't my forte and a lot of people probably have fun doing all that stuff but like, to me we're like you know i used to skateboard non-stop like yeah. every day you know what i mean i would skateboard every day doing all these different things we're not like years are changing like my whole thing is like i'm trying to spend more time with my family or instead of skateboarding as much uh lately i've been really active in the you know community out here trying to rebuild my old skate park that i built originally when i was a kid and trying to teach kids how to do things like that where to me my time is more valuable doing things like that than maybe doing things, I guess, that are more selfish for just me. Yeah. I guess if you can kind of understand what I'm trying to say. Yeah, for sure. So, you know, that, that, but your, your thought and pattern of what you're thinking that song is, is basically what I was saying. You're just saying it in a little bit different way, you know? Right, right. Is it, when you, when you write songs and do, do you want people to take, uh, do you want people to, to understand what you're saying or do you like, do you like it to be open to interpretation? I think open to interpretation is very good, you know, because, you know, I think a lot of people can relate to it. Like, you know, it might mean, you know, like the song Pain, for instance, like I said, that, that's from watching someone 
you know, with cancer or sick, you know, but someone might not know someone with cancer, but someone might know someone that's addicted to drugs. Right. It's the same scenario, right? Like you, you can't help them unless they want to be helped and so forth. So to me, I think, I think it's, you know, it's both, you know, I think it's a, a peek into my brain. So people can kind of say, Oh, you know, he's going through that type of shit. You know what I mean? Oh, okay. And then at the same time, that song might reach to them. It could be the same way or it could be something different, but you know, I, I think it's, it, I think it's good either way. Yeah, I agree. And I think it, I, I like when well, I, I do personally uh, like the, uh, the straightforward and, uh, because I, because I'm not very uh, perceptive and I don't <laughs> like, you know, I, I don't have a very, uh, I don't know what the word would be artistic brain, but like, if it's not like beating me across the head with the message, sometimes I lose it. But I also realize that that really, really, uh, you know, magnifies what somebody can write, you know? So, but, but anyway, I, I just, I, I think you've got the right idea, but with, with Annie up and the band in general is, is there a, is there any part of the band that kind of uh, personifies like Michigan hardcore? Is there a, is there a thing for like Michigan or Detroit Detroit hardcore? Is there a sound? Um, I would I would say there there's a sound, but I think it's more of uh, in my opinion, I think the the way Detroit would come off the music itself would be more of the lyrics and in the the meaning behind everyone that's in the band, I guess. You know what I mean? Like, I, like all the bands that are coming out of Detroit, like to me, in my opinion, I mean, you know, you know, we have good friends in Smash Your Enemies, uh, you know, Never Ending Game, Cold as Life, uh, The Alliance, you know, Bloody Knuckle Combat, all these bands, like to me, when you listen to them, you know, you will hear similar sounds, I truly believe. But to me, everyone kind of has the same view on life, it almost seems. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, it, it, it it's a I think that's kind of what Michigan you know and then just growing up going to Detroit shows and just people around here I think everyone's pretty unified in the same thought process of how things are you know what I mean like Detroit was always known for a certain you know people always probably heard Detroit shows were this or that and, and they were probably right, right. <laughs> um so I, I think you will hear similar sounds but I, I mean I just I think a lot of the songs you'll hear too you'll you'll see a lot of similarities and actually the feeling in the, in the lyrics from everybody in my opinion that's funny i was looking at the uh the your promo picture that came along with this and it looks and you guys look so cold it looks so cold there oh and, dude well, and so I, cold me. you guys know you can move right you don't have to stay there okay oh the thing about that picture this is fucking hilarious i'm it's funny that you even bring that up because no one has actually brought it up to us just yet <laughs> Um, so that picture, do you remember earlier this year? Like I'm thinking it might've been like February or March where we had that polar vortex. Yeah. Yeah. That's literally when that picture was taken. The, the look um, on all you guys faces is just pure misery. It, it really is. Oh, it, it was, dude, it was like, it was literally like negative 15 that day. And I'm not even making this shit up. And Mario just signed us to upstate and he was like, yo, we have to get a new promo from you guys. <laughs> we have to have one for the release. And we were like trying to get everyone together. Someone works. We're jumping back and forth. There was only one day that the photographer could be there and this and that. And it was so fucking cold. And I'm looking at everyone. I'm like, are we serious right now? Like, and we seen the picture and I'm like, dude, 
like what, what the fuck is going on here? Like, really, are we really sending this? And everyone's like, dude, we don't have any other choice. <laughs> so he sends it in, and I'm, every time I see it get posted, I'm, like, shaking my head. I'm like, God damn it. Like, we just, it just looked so forced. <laughs> like, it was what? so rough. Well, it looks it looks nice and miserable, which is the, which is the thing I equate with the Detroit hardcore. I remember going to see um, one of the coldest life reunion uh, reunion shows or whatever they, when they were like, touring under like three different I don't know how many different versions there was, but there was there was a version playing at the sidebar in, in Baltimore with uh, Hate Inc. And uh, oh and yeah, I, yeah 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 that was probably what was that last year or the year before? Oh no, this is like this is like. Uh, over 10 years ago uh, definitely oh, o- over yeah you're, yeah. Yeah, you're talking back in the when they were touring probably with hate ink and stuff yeah 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 and and i just remember that those guys looked miserable there too so maybe it's just a detroit thing you know maybe it's just you, you just look miserable no matter where you're at and that- we're, we're just we're just it's probably i mean a lot of people up here are just angry i'm not gonna sugarcoat it <laughs> a lot of people are just angry people man you know well, well, you you've never seemed too angry to me, but that's all right. But with with this with this record, it sounds like it's. It, I mean, I know you have uh, guest vocals on, like you said, on the on the one track. What was the track that you put out? Was it was it? Uh, oh, the, 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 track, the first the one. track we put out was time. That was time. That was time. Had uh, Matt Caracas from uh, Citizen. Yeah, where does that where does that come from? And I, know, I think you said you record vocals with him. Yeah, so Matt. Maddie's been a really good friend of uh, me and Matt Keynes for a long time. Um, he's done, he's done every. He did it like I said. He did our first full length, and then he's always done my vocals. He's always recorded mine. Um, like I said, we just known each other forever, and he actually sang on the song "Deception" on the "See You in Hell" full length. But we didn't, we didn't put his name in it. It was a real small part. And like, yeah, it was just kind of a echo part, but like. Um, when we were getting ready to do this, as he doesn't normally like record anymore. He'll he'll do a couple things here and there, and he records Citizen, but he has a legit studio, but he doesn't really do too much of it. And I hit him up, and I said, you know, we're going to record again, so would you have any interest in doing my vocals? And he said, oh, for sure. And I said, and another request, I said, how about you actually do a full part on the song? And he was like, I'm down. I was, like, surprised. So I was like, oh, that's badass, you know, and... uh the party came up with like he, he didn't do it in front of us he uh he recorded everything uh well vocal wise and then i left and he probably sent me that part like two days later and i was just like my because it was just like perfect like timing and everything i was just like they're shaking my head like wow it must be nice to have that much talent where you could just <laughs> easily kiss up that quick and i'm over here like struggling <laughs> what was that was that all right so I've got a limited uh, knowledge of Citizen, but from what I know, they sound nothing like you guys. Was that, was was that uh, was that nothing, unexpected? Nothing, nothing at all. See, <laughs> see, here's the thing about Maddie. Maddie is uh, literally can play like any instrument in the world. He's and one of those guys. And, yeah, yeah, he's he's a phenomenal musician, and uh, he he's dabbled around in the day of like you know playing. You know, they'll do some hardcore songs. Like he'll get some friends together. Like I know he's written some stuff here and there with a couple of my buddies, nothing recorder and I'm just playing around, you know, and yeah. I know he wants to be in a hardcore band. Um, but he, you know, him being a musician, you know, he can kind of do, it seems anything with music. So that's kind of where we did that. That's kind of what was shocking people. People were texting me like, 
is that really him? And I'm like, yeah. And they're like, how did you? I was like, I don't know. It was just kind of a whim to ask him. And he actually said, yeah. <laughs> well, that's pretty cool. Is he, is he the only one who, who does guests on this? No. So I didn't, I didn't song, think so, but I don't know who else there is. So I didn't want to, I didn't want to say that and then be wrong. <laughs> yeah. So on the, on the song pain, um, we have Joe Austin from Advent. Okay. Carolina. Yeah. So he, he sang on this. He's also in beloved. Um, but yeah, he, he did the other part for us. Nice. I, beloved. I feel like I just saw something with them getting back together for something. Yep, it's like the first show in like 15 years. It's been a pretty big deal. Like the internet blew up the other day. I think it was Sunday that maybe that came out or Saturday. Yeah, it was a pretty big deal. Yeah, it's interesting. I I I, I remember them. I don't remember any of their songs, but I remember them. I remember I remember their moment. But I, yeah, they were they were a huge deal. Like they were real popular here. Like they used to sell out like the big big cap venues out here. Oh shit! You are getting all the all the all stars of the of the vocal spots, huh? Getting the big Dude, guys. Those, those guys <laughs> are literally Advent is like some of the coolest people I think we've ever met since being involved in music. Yeah. We uh we did a big show called Southern Hospitality like a couple of years back. It was down in Charlotte. And it was with Advent, um, Mad Ball played and Wisdom and Chains. Yeah, I remember and that. And then one. there was a local local rapper named Crew. Yeah, we met Advent there, like didn't know I'll be dead honest. I heard the name, never heard the music yet. And our merch table is next to them, and we just became homies right off the rip. And ever since, so we've been trying to figure out, you know, where we're going to play some more shows together. Because Advent plays here and there. They don't play too much, but we definitely want to play some more shows with them. They came up here for uh, Motor City Fest two years ago, so that was awesome. Yeah, and you, you've done Motor City now for how many years? Whew, uh, legitimately, it's started in 2012 um then i had one year off and then it's been solid ever since so right 14 15 yeah so i went solid through all that and it actually the show originated from matt again booking shows on my birthday starting in like 2005 it's always been like a weekend or a weekend around july 13th and uh it just ended up turning into a fest yeah, and, and with you, so you do, do you do just that show, or you do other shows year round? Uh, I, I do. You know, it all depends. Like I do maybe like five shows a year. Um, I used to try to do more. Um, now I kind of just you know I you know friends are coming through. I try to book something real cool for them, or right. if I have a good idea, I try to do something cool. Like last year, I had Sure Terror in Detroit, and it was like the first time in twenty years, so that was like a real cool opportunity. You yeah, know, things like that. Things like that will pop up, and I'll try to make it happen. Well, you, so you you do you do a lot of shit. I mean, I'm sure you're aware of that. Um, but like, so you you've you've got your family, which I'm sure is priority number one. But aside from that, you've Correct. got you've got the band. You got your clothing, which we haven't really talked about. With thirteen, um, you got booking shows. You do the skate park thing. What like how do you what's priority number one outside of the family for you? Um, I don't know. I, I guess I would just say like I, I don't know to be honest. Like I have so many different things going on. I just I guess my priority is just juggling it so everything gets a fair percentage of my focus. That's <laughs> you know, fair I'm enough. Not, I, I try not to half-ass anything. I'm really not 
I, I hate doing that. I'm really very against it. So I try not to do like put my mind towards anything that I don't think I can actually, com- you know, complete, you know, yeah. or, or have a good amount of focus on it. Right. Well, you used to you used to have a podcast yourself, right? You and you and Kane. Oh God! You know, we were at, we were interviewed two weeks ago, and the first question they asked was about the podcast. And yes, we did have one. Um, believe it or not, me and Matt did not think it was that big of a deal. Yeah. And we get asked, at least I do, at least once a week from at least one or more people about when is it coming back. That's um, a good thing. It was called. It was called shallow thoughts. And uh, it basically is just, you know, a real deep walk into me and Matt's brain. I don't know if you've ever listened to any of it. I did. I remember listening back then. Now it seems like <laughs> it seems like it was a while ago, and so you might have been in on a little bit, a little bit of the. I don't want to say ground floor, but you were in on the some of the lower floors of podcasting. I think. Yeah, we were we were pretty grimy. Um, to be that honest, like. We, we have a couple unreleased episodes, but um, we still want to do it. The main thing that slowed it down was obviously we were so busy with so much, especially yeah. now he's a dad, I'm a dad. Like We're very busy. We're talking about possibly bringing it back maybe once a month and recording before band practice. Yeah. Um, but, you know, and the other thing is, too, like <laughs> me and Matt, are, we grew up watching, you know, all the big comedians like Carlin and, Eddie Murphy and all these people that basically if they came out today would be fucking stricken from the world sure. because everyone forgot how to laugh. Right. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, you know, you can say things and not be, you know, this sexist person or this or that. It seems like these days you can't joke about anything or you're going to end up, you know, another target for the PC community, which it doesn't make sense in my opinion. So we also kind of always talk about that, like when we're at practice, you know, when someone does ask us, like, oh, when's it coming back? Like, we're always like, really, would we would we really be able to do what we were trying to do without endangering the band or endangering just whatever, like people just crying, you know what I mean? Like, or nothing, <clears throat> instead of just laughing and having fun, you know what I mean? Yeah, of course. I, I, I said the word retard like 60 episodes ago. I'm still worried that um my head's... Dude, gonna come off. See that was that was one of the episodes where we did say that word, you know, a bunch of times, and like, you know, and to me, like, and now I like I just said it again. I'm back on the shopping block because I just did it again. So, see, <laughs> yeah, see, yeah. see how quick it happens. Yeah, and, and the thing is, like, me and Matt are, are the type of people that like we can joke like that all day. But if someone was really being a piece of shit and disrespecting someone that had an issue or someone that was a different race or someone that had a different gender type than they want or whatever the hell it may be. We're also going to be the first fucking people to say something right. or do something in that matter. You know what I mean? Like, so like, you know, we just joke and have fun, but you know, it's just this day in world. You can't even do that. And you can obviously see that every day on the news. Can't say or do anything. Well, speaking of the news, um, you got you got some news clips in your interlude there about the uh, the fascinating Jeffrey Epstein. And, oh, you caught on to that? Uh, of course. How? How? I mean, like, all right. I, 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 it's almost getting tiresome how much we all have to talk about this, but I feel like it has to be talked about so much. Like, 
what, what do you think is so fascinating about this? So that's actually the reason we used Epstein is kind of, you know, the other thing that I don't think is taken as serious as it should be is the amount of fucking disgusting pedophiles and sex trafficking that goes on in this world. Yeah. Um, the song Disgust that is right after the interlude is actually exactly about that whole thing. Um, it, I think, you know, and I think in his case why it's such a talked about thing is, you know, where people maybe have been skeptics in the past of, like, conspiracy theories and stuff like that, this one you can't really hide from. Yeah. I mean, the dude was a billionaire. It, it was proven what he did, what he was about. The dude supposedly killed himself being on suicide watch, which we all know is bullshit. And and we know why, because how many more people were involved in it? Because let's be honest, this didn't just start overnight. This shit's been going on for God knows how long. And that just tells you that doesn't matter how much money you have or whatever, someone wants you not here anymore. They can obviously make it happen no matter even if the cops are watching you. Right. <laughs> so like so and, and and that's like a serious thing. Like that just tells you what length people will go to to protect being fucking evil. I mean that's just pure fucking evil. Anyone that is okay with sex trafficking or fucking molesting children, I mean, you don't deserve to fucking breathe. Like, you know, did he get what he deserved? Fuck yeah. But was that line supposed to be much longer? Fuck yeah. You know, yeah, and I, I think that's the that's the ironic thing about it is like everybody, you know, and rightfully so, is like fuck him, I'm glad he's dead. But wait, he, we still needed him. Like we we needed to get hit, we needed him to get the rest of you, and they know that, of course. So that's why he's not there anymore. Right, and in the list is probably so fucking long, like it, it'd be just disgusting. And the fact that like anyone, you know, everyone's been posting so many memes. In my opinion, too, when you. When you constantly say, like, you know, you know, he didn't kill himself, he didn't kill himself, after a while it becomes a joke instead yeah, of, like, how serious it really is. Yeah. Same thing, like, how everyone will be like, oh, that's racist, when it, it might not actually be intact racist, but you keep saying the word, it's actually going to take away when it really is something going on that is fucking racist. Right? Sure, it dilutes it, yeah. Yeah, it dilutes, exactly. So, like, that's the thing going on with Epstein, and I, I almost think that, the powers that be are the ones pushing all the memes and shit because they want it because they know it's out. Now they just want to make it look like a joke so it's forgotten because everyone's got an attention span the size of a fucking, you know, piece of string. So they're just hoping that it gets forgotten about just like everything else. Well, you know what it, it, it reminds me of? It reminds me of like a a bully who like, you know, he's like, oh, you don't want me to, you don't want me to touch you. And then he just comes up and he touches the person and then what are you going to do? And and that, the little person knows that they can't do shit. And the person just, all right, I'm going to, like, I'm going to do this right in front of you. And none of you can yeah, do and, anything and about this. And they're laughing. They're laughing about it. They literally murdered a motherfucker that was, like, the most famous person for those few days on TV. And they killed him. And that's that. <laughs> and, and, and who do you call at that point? <laughs> what, what, are you, what are you supposed to do? How do you fix that? You can't. So like that, I think everyone is finally like, wow, that, that can actually happen. Where before they probably all, you're just a conspiracy theorist, you know? Yeah, yeah. Now I'm, now my mom's sounding smart, right? 
Right. That's the thing. Now people are like, oh, maybe maybe all those crazy people were actually talking the truth. Yeah, well, well, I, I don't, I don't want to get us too far off the rails on this because obviously, I mean, I, I think rightfully so, we could, we could go on forever about it because, but the, but the, the oh, yeah. motherfucker of it is, is that there's no, there's no answer to it. It's just, uh, yeah, and that's and that's why they that's why they won that one, and that's why they'll win that one, I guess. But th- let's get back to, right. to 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 your record here. Wrap this up here in a couple minutes. You you're you're coming out on Upstate Records. We talked about that a little bit, but um, you've been you've you've put any up records out on like we said, Party Foul, Filled with Hate, Fast Break, and now Upstate. How did how did Upstate happen? Um. So Upstate happened. We heard the name through the grapevine, you know, through a couple different people. Like, chance a new label coming out. They're really going to be something, you know. They're going to really push people this and that. So we just kind of threw the idea out there. And um, Mario hit me back. We had a pretty long conversation on the phone. I was about a half hour, and he he's just a straight up good dude. I mean, yeah. everything that he he just truly cares about music and. He just wants to put out a good product, but he also wants to support the hardcore scene. And to me, I think that's why so many bands are gravitating towards him because, you know, not only does he have a good business plan of what and how he's doing things, but he's just genuine. Yeah, yeah. That's kind of what, you know, it wasn't, we didn't have hard feelings with not one label that we were ever on. We loved every label that we were on. We still support them. Um, but it was just, you know, we just wanted to see what we could do and, you know, the offer they gave us. You know, now we got actual vinyl you know we got multiple colors you know we got worldwide distribution coming out i mean we got a lot of stuff and i mean it's literally every day he's texting my phone or his wife's messaging me on facebook with something new like hey this webzine did an interview or hey you got a podcast or hey you know this record when you take on your album or it's just crazy like every day he's just pushing and um we couldn't be happier and more thankful for everything he's done for us. And even all the other bands that are on it. I mean, some of them are good friends of ours, but some of them are becoming friends. And it just seems like the same thing across the board that you hear about upstate is that they're just killing it. Hey, hey, you're absolutely true. And I know I, I swear to God, it feels like I, I'm doing commercials for them every week, but I'm, but I'm being genuine. I get a lot of, I get a shitload. I'm not like, I'm not, not exaggerating at all. Every day, promo emails through through either through the podcast or the other thing that i do i get promo emails from from labels from pr agencies from whatever but very rarely is there a label that actually does the shit on their own and uh actually reaches out to you directly and you know like i've had mario reach out to me several different by through several different methods about several different things can you play the songs can you are you interested in doing an interview with these people or you know like like really actually pushing you guys and 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 i I can tell all the all the bands that are on upstate and all the bands that might end up on upstate or considering upstate that you actually do have people that are like legitimately like pushing like your band like it's not it's not just some half-ass sign with us and uh you know you do all the work like they're legitimately doing it and it's 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 pretty impressive to see from this side oh it it and that and that's the exact same thing that i see i mean if it's any of these posting he's he's posting every other band that he's working with and i already know a couple more that are going to be on the label being announced the next couple of weeks and it's just like wow like he 
and and you know on top of that you know he's a father and he's a football he coach a yeah <laughs> yeah he works a daytime job like i do um i'm a project manager in the manufacturing world and i'm pretty sure it's very similar title and does the same type of stuff i mean which would make sense because he plans everything <laughs> very meticulously right. um but yeah he's just non-stop and it and it's great for us and we're really happy and i mean i don't see us going anywhere we're already talking about future releases with them as well so awesome awesome well speaking of releases this release time um it comes out December thirteenth, right? Officially, it's out December thirteenth. But you're doing a you're doing a uh, record release show on December fourteenth with Eternal Sleep, Never Ending Game, Face Wreck, and a couple others. Is there any is there any plans to tour outside of that, or is you kind of just doing the show and staying local and just you know doing your thing? Um, no, uh, we actually got a lot of stuff planned. Um, January, we have a show, I believe, every weekend. Um, we got one. We're playing Lancaster, Pennsylvania. Oh, that's, that's literally where I'm sitting right now, so that's convenient. So then we get to see <laughs> each other January yeah. 4th, I hope. Yeah. And uh, um, so January 18th, we're playing a local venue out here called The Ritz. We're going to play, actually, a metal thrash show, which is – we try to play different bills, too. We don't try to just, like, stick in the same pond, you know? Well, I can um, tell you – I don't mean to cut you off, but with, with this record, I think it's going to be even easier for you to cross over into – into the into those bills so and and that's what we're kind of open like we didn't want to be stuck in the one spot we wanted to play with you know whoever um january 25th it still might end up be moving to february 7th but we're going to be playing toronto and then uh january 31st i believe it just got selected we are playing with in cold blood and our good friends and enemy of god uh here in the sanctuary in in uh, hamtramck Nice, nice. So, so it's gonna be busy for for Anti up in time. And God, I can't imagine. You said you go into to, to Toronto, and like, isn't it cold enough for you where you're at that you got to go even further north? Oh yeah, it, it, literally, we played there literally the first time ever last year or this year rather in February, and we're going back in February again. It's freezing <laughs> up there, but the scene up there is popping like in. Uh, one thing we can say about Canada, like Canada loves hardcore and they come out in the masses, they pack venues, they support bands. I mean, they, they really know what they're doing up there. Canada's really killing it right now. So we plan on probably doing some runs actually in Canada. And I know we also have some future plans. We should be heading back to Europe in 2020. Um, nice. We're still confirming all the details. Once we know that, I'll definitely let you know. Um, but yeah, we got some got some big plans for next year for sure. That's awesome. I'm glad to hear it. And I think you're going to be touring while well, touring pushing um, on a, on a worthy product because I really do think I, I, I should reiterate. I really do think that this is definitely your strongest thing, the strongest music that you guys ever recorded. And I think it's it's deserving. I saw somebody throw it on a or kind of heads their bets, but almost throw it on a uh, maybe it was an in effect uh, review today kind of throw it up there for best of the best records of the year and uh i think i think it's pretty deserving and uh i think you guys did a good thing here and and that was like uh, yeah i got that again that was one of the texts i got from mario <laughs> yeah that, that someone did a review on it and uh i was blown away by the words that they said i thought that was really cool um i'm really glad they dug it and, and you know we like i said you know we spent more time we spent more money in this recording like we really wanted to sound good you know 
the, the sound shop out here in Michigan is where we did all the tracking. And, uh, you know, again, characters did the vocals, and then we sent everything to Bricktop to be mastered. You know, Andy and Pete killed it on this CD. And, like, when they when they sent us back the, the first rough mix, they called it, it was, like, ten times the recording of anything we've ever had. So we were real stoked, and uh, we're real happy with it. We're actually talking about, you know, the next release, actually going to their studio in Chicago and doing the whole thing from open to close. So. Nice. All right. Well, hey, they, they got the reputation for it, so that's it's probably not a bad idea. Oh, exactly. They definitely got a you know pretty big roster that they've worked with, and it's a lot of bands that I actually am really into. So it was pretty cool to be able to you know work with the same people. Well, like you said, they did they did a good job on this one, and I, I've given it the test. You know, I give it the head to, the headphone test, the uh, the the earbud test, the gym the gym test the car test and so far it sounds great and uh i think that's that really speaks though to the quality of the songs and the job that you guys did as a band and uh thank you for coming on here and having this conversation with me for an hour i really appreciate it oh dude it's been a blast i, I love doing stuff like this and I, I even appreciate the fact that you wanted to hear me yet for an hour so of course <laughs> appreciate it anytime man hey and i i hope uh i hope people are excited to hear this and it goes over well i'm sure it will and uh, I look forward. I look forward to hearing and seeing the reaction to it. Awesome, man! I appreciate. It. I'm. Uh, I guess I'll see you uh, in January. Yeah, yeah, we'll see you in January for sure. All right, my man. Well, I appreciate it. You take care. And thank you again. All right, thank you, buddy. I'm
So there it is. That was my conversation with Critter of Anti Up, and that was the song Time off the record Time, uh, featuring uh, that guy, I forget his name, from Citizen, but that's what that is. It really is amazing to me that this is episode 99 and that next week's episode is 100. Episode 100 is in the bag already, but uh, it's pretty cool. Episode 101's in the bag as well. It's nice to be a little bit ahead, especially going into the holidays. i got a couple more to uh, get ready, and um, we'll be all set. No contest winner to announce this week. I see that Steven, the winner of the mug, has gotten his mug. I don't know if Jason, the winner of the shirt, has gotten his shirt because he has yet to claim his prize. But Jason Wonderoth, if you're out there, you have won a Getting It Out Podcast t-shirt. So please contact me. You can do so at gettingitoutpodcast at gmail.com. Speaking of gettingitoutpodcast at gmail.com. Uh, I always tell people that they can send in their songs, and I love when they do. That's If you, if you listen long enough, you realize that nearly every, every episode starts and ends with listener-submitted uh, music. And I got, I got a message the other day that I thought was pretty cool. I'm going to read it here for you and play you the song that they sent in. It says, Hi, I saw your post on Facebook about taking music submissions. Checked out your page, and I think my material could interest you. But first, to begin with, Artistic is the name of the band. It's a solo project. The new album, Dimensions, is an experimental project where I've invited seven seven different vocalists from local metal bands in Sweden. Tracks vary a bit in style as I tried to fit the invited vocalist style. There should be something there for every metalcore slash deathcore fan. I'm going to submit one track from the album, Dimensions. You seem to feature a wide range of metal genres, and in the Dimensions album, there are everything from metalcore, deathcore, to progressive metal. I will submit a metalcore track with hints of progressive elements. That's called Fears and Convictions. This is currently one of my top tracks on Spotify and had a music video premiere on November 20th. So go, go find that music video uh, from Artistic. The song is called uh, Fears and Convictions. And it's on the album Dimensions. And then he goes on to say, anyway, I think I'll stop here from now before it gets too long. Um, he submitted an MP3, blah, blah, blah. Thank you for your time. Um, so, 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 yeah, Metalcore, Deathcore might be a little bit outside of what we usually do here on Getting It Out. But it's not outside. I've had those guys on. I've had people from those genres on before. So, so I'm all for it. Um, uh, thank you, Artistic. You didn't leave your name. You just left your band name. That was a dumb move. You should have left your name, stupid. But uh, thank you for sending in, in, in your song. And we're going to play Fear and Convictions here in a second. And uh, I, But I wanted to read the email because like, I, I, get, I get that people are doing something that they love and they just want other people to hear what they're working on and what they're proud of. And so that's why I like, I like putting this out here for people to send in their music so I can play it here. Even if it is just one or two tracks a show, it's, it's really exciting when you're a musician or you know anybody investing your time and energy into something that you really like just to get other people to hear it, especially in this case and in most cases now. I mean, the show opened with somebody from the UK and now we're ending with somebody from the Sweden, from the Sweden, from Sweden. And I interviewed a guy from Detroit. So uh, I did all that for my home in Pennsylvania. If I can help get that out a little bit to uh, whoever, that's what I do. It's getting it out. So don't forget to uh, go follow the Instagram page at getting underscore it underscore out underscore podcast. Go to the Facebook page, www.facebook.com slash getting it out podcast. And there is uh, Twitter at getting it out pod. This is Fear and Convictions by Artistic on the album Dimensions. And that's it for episode 99. Bye-bye. Into this show, I've missed much revolution. Face the undertow, cause it will be there. Forget what.
Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work.